Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 384. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my stand-in co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Bennett. And yes, sorry, John couldn't make it today, but uh, looks like we're going to be doing you now and then, Scotty, keep you, keep you on your toes. Well, I'm guessing you just missed me so much that uh, you asked John to take the day off. Could be, could be, yeah. could be. <laughs> who knows who knows um anyway it's uh, i'm glad you're here as my backup thank you and uh we got lots to share today so um let's start with uh, the page experience update this is on everyone's lips in fact i uh, was talking to a prospective client the other day he's a dentist i don't know actually orthodontist and fairly savvy anyway he he was telling me how, yeah, he really thinks it's important because of the page experience update and that he needs SEO. I'm like, okay, well, at least that's something for us SEOs to go by because, well, I won't ruin the punchline. So why don't you just fill people <laughs> in on it? Yeah, so in essence, don't worry about it. There we go. That's it. Um, largely, a lot of what people are saying is it is kind of a rebranding at Google's end of things. Not super critical, but it is kind of important. And if you... But what kind is of it? Oh, sorry, the page experience update. It launches in 2021, and it is basically uh, a focus on improving, I guess it measures aspects of how users perceive the experience of interacting with the web page. So um, it's all about the user end user experience on your website. If it's really good, then that's going to be good for you for organic search. If your user experience is bad, then, well, obviously it's going to be bad. Um, and it combines a number of factors, a number of ranking factors and algorithms and stuff over the past. Um, so that includes things like uh, safe browsing, um, intrusive interstitials, interstitials, I feel like I say it wrong every time. Um, and, and those are, you know, when you get these annoying pop-ups that, you know, sometimes they're not so bad, sometimes they're horrible, where you sign up for a newsletter or whatever, and you've got an X out of it, and sometimes the X is hidden and that kind of stuff, which would be bad in this case. Um, it involves uh, HTTPS, so if your site is secure, uh, if your site is mobile friendly, uh, the page speed and load times of your site and pages, um, it sort of com and uh, the core web vitals, which I'll actually get into in a sec as well. And it kind of combines all of those into sort of one kind of package, I guess you could say. So a lot of those, or all of them really, are having a factor on your rankings now anyways. So when they roll this out as the uh, page experience update. I don't know that we'll really see any big movement in any way. Um, perhaps some of these factors will become a little bit more important. Um, so if you're not mobile friendly, I mean, you should be, but if you're not, maybe when this update occurs, it's going to just have that much stronger of an impact on what's going on. Um, so yeah. it's not, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that it, it's the kind of, um, kind of thing that, Again, anyone who's been listening to the show, who's been watching the news and, and SEO know that safe browsing, intrusive interstitials, panel, like um, HTTPS, mobile friendliness, page speed, all those things are, are ones we've heard of before. And from page speed, Core Web Vitals sort of came in using the Lighthouse system from Google. Um, 
anyway, all of these have already been out there. This is actually an effective rebranding, like you said, but that's good for SEOs. Um, and I think it's good for small businesses because it, like, like this client, this prospective, prospective client, it made him think this is something new and something I better jump on. So maybe it will actually help the market um, take it more seriously. Because uh, when you sort of drop it in bits and pieces like that, it, it starts to become a bit scattered, which Google is often. Um, and this is a nice way to pull it together. And you know, from an SEO company perspective, I'm looking forward to leveraging this to hopefully improve some sites because people will listen a bit better. Oh, absolutely. When you have this information direct from Google's mouth, yeah. you know, people take you more seriously then. You know, it doesn't look like you're just making stuff up as you go. And it's a bit better. Page experience. Google page exp it's it's they finally came up with a name that's a good, fairly, fairly well, not entirely self-explanatory. It's very technical, but at least the concept is self-explanatory. Um, so uh, what, I mean, I've got the Core Web Vitals in front of me here, but did you want to mention something about them or? Yeah, so the Core Web Vitals is probably more SEO 201. So I'm not going to go into a lot of extensive detail. Um, Google does have some information, a lot of information to learn up on it at uh, web.dev forward slash vitals. Um, or you could just do a Google search for Core Web Vitals. I believe it comes up first. Um, but in essence, it kind of looks at three main items, uh, LCP, FID, and CLS. What is that, you might ask? Uh, uh, anyways, LCP is the largest contentful paint. And so that basically measures the total loading performance of a page. Um, it should occur within about two and a half seconds. Um, FID is first input delay, and that measures interactivity of the site. Um, so when you can actually start interacting with the site, and that should have a score of, uh, or should load in less than 100 milliseconds. And then there's the CLS, which is cumulative layout shift, which measures uh, visual, stability. Sti yeah, visual stability of the page. And they now, say that should have a score of 0.1. Um, and yeah, and, and just so you know, we did cover this in the last show, partly, but did. I think it was a good idea for us to, to outline it again. Um, yeah, we did, because uh, Core Web Vitals as a ranking signal was John's input. He wanted to see, you know, does this really have an impact on rankings? We talked about it, and really, as it's its own thing, uh, there isn't a lot of evidence that it is, but the whole combination of the page experience definitely does. Um, and Core Web Vitals are a very good um, tool to improve the overall experience of your website from a more technical perspective. And as he mentioned uh, last week, you know, uh, there's no rush because it doesn't really roll out till next year um, the, the, as a ranking signal. They are talking about it being a ranking signal then, um, but right now it's not. Uh, so that's something to consider. Absolutely. And even if you don't care about rankings, it's super important. I mean, it's, it's going to help you convert your, your customers. Yeah. Yeah. All I mean, that advice. And I, I often get that. Well, why are we doing all this work? Why are we putting this money into page speed and all this? I'm like, if it's just going to give us slow returns, well, maybe it's small returns now, maybe from an SEO perspective, but you've got users. Users will want to enjoy their experience as best they can on your site. And you want to make sure they can. Um, and also if there's one thing we've seen in this, Again, as future further evidence, Google's always ramping up the importance of these things. They're slowly putting us between a rock and a hard place. They really want us to get this done or suffer. <laughs> oh, what's new? Um, they're not subtle in that way. 
Um, now, you know, there's an article in Search Engine Line that says uh, top SEOs on Google's page experience update and what you need to know. That's another good read. Um, just has some, some top dudes that uh, I definitely respect talking about it and really just saying there is nothing new here. Um, and, it, and essentially it is. It's a repackaging, rebranding. Um, this is the kind of thing that is beneficial for everyone anyway. And yes, it does have an impact on ranking. Aspects of it are slowly making more and more impact, but overall, listen. Okay, um, anything else you wanted to add there, Scott? Mm, nope. Okay, uh, <laughs> good, just making sure. Uh, so another thing I wanted to talk about, um, we've done a little bit of chatter about COVID and such, and um, obviously you probably like me, you're tired, the death of hearing about it. Unfortunately, it is our normal. Um, and businesses are opening. Um, I, you know, how they're opening is, is going to be very important on whether or not they uh, are attracting customers. Because no matter what, there are going to be a number of customers that are very nervous about shopping while COVID is out, uh, out there. And then they will be out there for the foreseeable future. So what can you do to draw people in with marketing? You know, um, how can you improve the likelihood that you're going to get walk-ins, that you're going to get business simply? Um, I've just completed a podcast with uh, Andy Bernhardt, my uh, vice president of marketing for uh, First.Dentist, my other company that does dental marketing. And uh, we talked a lot about this uh, for the listeners. So I've got a few shreds to share with you um, and a couple of additions as well. First of all, Q&A. Um, answer common questions. If you are a medical provider, this is a given. Um, it needs to be done now. Don't put it off, please. It's just, no, from a business owner's perspective, it should be a no-brainer, but you need to put some time into finding what people are, are looking for. What are they searching before they go? For example, I'll give you, I had a toothache uh, during the COVID thing and I was freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, am I ever gonna be able to see a dentist right now? And my dentist wasn't open. Um, so I looked it off. I said, well, what, what do I do if I've got a problem with my tooth during COVID? And one smart son of a bee um, had already put an ad in Google Ads. He was the only one there that said, uh, dentist still open, full PPE, you're safe, or something like that. It was really clever. And I wanted to click on it. Uh, that's just brilliant. Um, but people are also going to be searching to find out why. You know, what, how can I be safe? Um, they're going to be searching for things like that. That was an example of one search I did, but why shouldn't there be a Q&A for these? And yes, there may be a lot of people with us out there. Um, it may seem very redundant to have it on your own website, but you are a business owner. You need to have this on your website because your patients, your clients, your customers are going to want to know what you're doing and they're going to have questions. And it's uh, not all of them, but some will, and you want to make sure that you show you really care. Okay, so videos of PPE um, and other measures. So if you have personal protective equipment um, and you've implemented a lot of really smart ways to improve your website, or sorry, improve your business for people walking in, you want to show that. If you can do video of it, fantastic. Um, obviously, it's gonna be difficult to get a videographer in these days, or maybe, maybe not, you know, it depends on your how open things are in your area, but you can simply buy a GoPro and clip it to your, your shirt and do a personal test, like a walk-in as though you're a, con a customer and show what they 
can expect in terms of an experience. That's pretty awesome. And that's the sort of thing you could have visible uh, on your homepage uh, or somewhere key, and then you could link to it from um, your Google posts on Google My Business. This is obviously particularly fo uh, focused towards local businesses, right? Uh, these are the people who are gonna have the walk-ins, so that's why I'm focusing on that. Um, in addition, um, there are certain places that are doing um, additional work, such as Yelp. Um, not my favorite platform, however, it's a way of life for many. They've up upgraded COVID reopening tools for local businesses. And I believe this article that I'm citing is on search engine land. And uh, I do recommend checking it out. It's got a number of things they're doing to make it uh, uh, e easier for business to outline what they're doing and uh, to help get the word out. The other one is Nextdoor. All Americans are probably very familiar with this. Uh, it's rolled out s recently in Canada. Took forever, of course. Yeah, they're always the last. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, it is an awesome way to connect with your neighbors. Um, they're currently offering, uh, they just started offering um, uh, some improvements for business posts and different best practices. I'll get into that in a little bit in the local SEO section. Um, but you know, check that out. There's probably some opportunities there to market to people and tell them, you know, what you're doing, that you're open and you're, you're, you're ready for it. Alignable is another one that's taken off over the last couple of years. Um, it seems to really be gaining traction. It could be another great place to do this. Um, and also try to boost the awareness of your business by offering something that's feel good. One of the things I did was offering video consultations in exchange for donations to in this case, I did it to the New York City Mayor's Fund. Um, I just felt that they needed the help and seemed like a nice way to do it. People, I, I tell you, I can't get enough of, of the, the positive energy I got out of that. Uh, it was enormously, uh, it was very pleasing. I, I always felt great at the end of the day after doing those video reviews. No, I didn't get paid, but I got to meet people, which was great, frankly, for just connecting with people uh, during all this shut-in time, but also, you really get to help them and you know you're and they and they know they're not only getting free help but they're also supporting someone in a rough time the feel the good energy there is going to come back it's going to help you out and uh i think it's a great time to be generous um I, I think i had discussed that a little bit before but i think it bear mentioned again uh otherwise you know making sure your google my business uh posts are updated with your current uh status your hours all of that um, you can, uh, there's a ton of things that can be added there that you may want to update as well. Google My Business has become quite a little beast, but uh, check that out. Anything else you'd like to add, Scott, if I cover most of it? It, it seems good to me. Um, you know, everywhere I look, you know, you are seeing the COVID notices and things like that and how they can help. And like, even like you log into Fitbit app, there's a little icon for COVID and they have information about that. And I feel like, you know, it's easy for people to find information if they're actively looking for it, but they may not always see it. So I feel it's not a problem being redundant on your website with all this helpful information, because there are people that will see it that may not know what you're trying to say already from elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. And, and it reminded me actually, that there was a couple other things. One was, um, right now is a good time to jump back into Google ads. A lot of people are still off it. Um, and as a result, the pay-per-click fees are quite low. Uh, the, you know, it's less competitive. So the prices have gone down in those clicks. 
leverage the hell out of it. There's likely, you know, if you're, especially if you're a medical provider, like a dentist, you are launching now and you're getting a lot of business, but there's going to be a lull as soon as you catch up. So make sure you fill that up, you know, get the word out. It can never hurt to have to say no or put people off you know, whatever it's, it, that's how busy you are. It's a pretty good situation to be in. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back. We're going to go into local SEO and that uh, bit on next door. I'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak. Okay, so local SEO, it's... Uh, Become quite a component for uh, our show these days. There's always lots to share, um, at least it seems to be. So, sort of dovetailing into the last discussion there, Nextdoor um, is, has rolled out free business posts. You can only do two, I think it's two per month, um, but it also offers some best practice advice. Um, now, of course, before you can do any of this, you have to register your business at nextdoor.com. And uh, I can tell you what the URL is because it's very simple nextdoor.com forward slash create hyphen business nextdoor.com forward slash create hyphen business 
and just make sure and don't do what I did. Make sure to pick your country first. It's at the very top right of the page, totally obscure to me because uh, I made my account and realized it was only for the States. There's nothing telling me that except for that damn flag at the top right. So I had to use another email address to create a new one for Canada. Uh, frustrating. Anyway, make sure you do pick that country and then you can add stuff to it just like a Google My Business listing. Not nearly as comprehensive, but next story is owned by Google. So <laughs> of course, what isn't? Um, there's definitely some connection there. Um, the data from Google My Business to it are not is not being transitioned though. So it is a fully unique and independent platform in that sense. I'm surprised they don't allow you to log in using your Google ID and import your Google My Business info right into it. Yeah, you know, I agree, but that's too simple. <laughs> like, I guess that would be easy. That, that would be a good user experience. And we know that, uh, we, you know, anyways. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and also they're probably, it's such a big, Alphabet's such a huge company now that it's so, so separated that it's probably not possible. Maybe there's some antitrust or I don't know. There may be some issues with that too. Who knows that they can't connect the two. At any rate, I like having another place to work on. I think it's good. Nextdoor is booming. Have you signed up for Nextdoor? Have you got, heard about it in your area? Uh, no, okay. I, I really know almost nothing about it at this point. I'm sure that'll change very quickly, but. It will, yeah, because it did come to our area. It's probably gonna come to your city, your, your town, city, whatever. Um, it is close to town. Is it a city? Uh, I'm technically a town. There you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's probably going to take some time to get there, but we received a letter literally from next door. So it's, they're, they're working on it. Okay. Um, next, uh, did you see this one on manual actions? Uh, I did. And um, I think it's kind of funny. It, you know, the, basically uh, an article in Search Engine Journal discusses how to use the manual action report in Google Search Console. And I find it interesting that after 17 years of being at this job, <laughs> I have never seen a single incident where there has been an action listed under manual actions. Um, and, you know, we've, and obviously for our existing clients, we hope that that never happens and it probably shouldn't happen. But we do a lot of audits and we've had people come in with audits that have had problems and probably had manual actions against them that don't show up. So I, I have no hands-on experience actually going through and dealing with this because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I mean, I've been hired before to help people with manual actions. So I have seen it. Um, it's slowly coming back, but not very often. And um, I can't say I remember actually seeing it in there either. It must have happened once. I'm pretty sure it happened once, but yeah, not exactly common. And I think it's actually frustrating because there's, there are moments when we know there's been a manual action. There's just no way in hell it hasn't been because their site's gone or it's all the pages are on number 100 or whatever. There's something going on. And um, in, in those situations, um, I would rather see something in the manual actions, at least if we'd have something to tell them. Um, and, and that's, part of the frustration that is Google. That doesn't happen anymore though. I don't, I don't know of anyone. We haven't heard of anyone in a long time that's needed, decision, needed assistance with manual actions. Have you? No, no. I mean, any issues that I found weren't related to that, so. Yeah. Anyway, um, they just talk about uh, the, the, the list of violations that could result in a manual action, where to find it within the search console. Again, if anyone here listening hasn't set up their Google Search Console, do that. 
just go and type in Google Search Console on Google and you'll get to a page which allows you to set it up if you haven't already done so. It's quite a simple process and it'll give you access to what Google uh, professes to know about your, your website. Um, what they believe is important and gives you some pointers on improvements, some of which you should just ignore. <laughs> some <laughs> you shouldn't. Um, and yeah, there's lots of reading about that as well. But there is a manual action section. Uh, it is showing up under security and manual actions. And you can just click on there and see if there's any issues. Um, in some cases, um, there are warnings about unnatural links to your site, peer spam, cloaking and or sneaky redirects, thin content with little or no added value, hidden text and or keyword stuffing, and spammy free hosts. Wow, I hope this, this example they provided here wasn't from one site, because that would be one crap site. <laughs> I, I never thought about that. That's a good point. That, they're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, they really are. 13 issues detected. Gee, gad. Uh, Delete, start over, new domain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't even bother. Uh, so yeah, um, examples are the pure spam, the thin content no added value, with no added value and structured data issues. Um, Pretty rare to get penalties for structured data, but it is happening. Um, and that's usually when people are trying to be stupid <laughs> with, many, with schema, because schema is pretty easy to use. And um, there's a lot of great tutorials out there that should keep you from doing silly things and, and obviously contravening Google's guidelines. All right, next up. Changing HTTP to HTTPS and citations. I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, just a, some more of a note. Um, someone asked on the local search forum whether or not um, they should go and switch the citations to their website to HTTPS because they just finished updating it. Right now, if anyone goes to their old unsecure HTTP URL, any of them, they're redirected to the HTTPS. So it's fine. The immediate response from the forum was, oh, don't worry about it. Don't spend the time, please. It's not worth it. You've got the redirects in place, move on. But then someone quote, cleverly mentioned, well, if you don't change at least the ones that are important to you, all of that traffic's going to come through as direct because it's being redirected um, instead of referrals. That's a good point. I didn't even think of that either. Um, so if you have key sites, you know, you get a lot of traffic from that happen to be citations, go and update them. Uh, obvious, really obvious ones are Google My Business, um, Yelp, um, maybe Nextdoor, maybe Alignable, maybe all the other ones uh, that have a certain amount of traction out there, Twitter, um, places where you are known to get some traffic from, go and up those, update those to HTTPS, which is actually easy to do and um, beneficial. That way, if you do get traffic from them, it'll show up as traffic from them instead of just all being bulked under the direct traffic um, data point in Google Analytics. Uh, next up here is Google My Business. Um, <sighs> so apparently, if you use a program called Local Viking, we've talked about this in the past. Uh, it's, it's kind of a cool service that shows, it's got some neat widgets and gadgets. I won't get into it now. But um, it is a popular system. And what you can do is you can turn and enable this ability for it to uh, automatically decline any updates to your Google My Business listing from other users if 
you've locked it kind of like locking your registrar and domain or whatever so no one can change who owns it well in this case the same idea happens well i guess what it can happen is it's kind of a buried um setting that's maybe on by default i don't know i don't personally use the system However, someone was having problems because every time they made edits to their Google My Business listing, it was reverting within 24 hours. They discovered that it was local Viking. This system had been doing what it was supposed to do, which was going hell no and switching back its changes every time. Um, so keep in mind that you know using third-party tools can be a problem. In this case, he reached out to Google and Google said, oh, that's the third-party program doing it. Uh, you need to look into that. So, yeah. I'm impressed that they he or she heard back from Google. Me too. And we're just left in the in the dark. Yep. Well, I, I think in, in the case of the local search farm, a lot of the people there have a little more clout than the average person, or can reach out to Joey Hawkins or Mike Blumenthal or someone to find out something a little I, more detail. I think this brings up a good point though as well. Like if you hire an SEO company or anybody for that matter, a web designer, anyone that's working on your website. Uh, at the very beginning of your relationship, disclose to them any tools like this that you might be using with your business. Because if they, you know, dig in and they find something weird happening, it may not be apparent and they might waste billable hours trying to research something that you could have the answer to, or if they knew that you're using this tool, it, you know, like if this is one of our clients and for instance, we might not have been able to catch it immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just good to be open. It is good. And, and we try to ask those questions when we're doing our interviews with new clients, but it's easy to forget about these things too. Um, and it could be a real problem too. If, if this account, let's say this, uh, um, uh, what's it called again? Local Viking. Yeah. Local Viking. If that tool happened to be used by your past provider of SEO and maybe it's still active and you don't have access to it, that could be a real nightmare too. Um, depending how happy they were about being dropped as, your <laughs> SEO provider. And I've seen some very vindictive, awful things done by unethical SEO companies. So that's a whole, that's a whole episode right there. Oh, brother. Is it ever you could just merge all the rants and rays we've had over the last 11 years of this show or whatever it's been. And <laughs> there'd be plenty. Okay. What's next here. You see this one about the Mueller file, the Google's and guest blog links. I did. And it's another one of those situations of, yeah, we knew that, but it's nice to have it confirmed by somebody official. Yeah. So, all right. So if you're guest blogging, a lot of people are doing it for links and they've got a little poll there that shows how many people are. It's like 43% are doing it for links. Well, no doubt. Um, I'm not a fan. I get so many requests. I get three or four requests minimum a day for people wanting to add to an article add content to our site, even pay to have content on our site. I just ignore them all. It's not worth it. It will devalue your site. However, um, guest blogs do work in some situations. And if you don't have an, a link, no followed, if you, sorry, double negative suck. Uh, if you have a link to your website from a blog post, you put on someone else's website, it should be no followed according to Google. They hate seeing anyone benefit from guest blog posts because they know they're, you're, you're doing it just to game their algorithm. Um, personally, I think they're being oversensitive, but that's whatever. That is Google. Um, I, I hate that though. You know, there, there's so many ways to get around it. I mean, you could just supply the content and have the main author of the website publish it under their name. You know, there, there are ways to get around that. And 
Yeah, I know. I didn't say that. I didn't say that, by the way. But, well, you know, like... I mean, no one's... It doesn't take long to find out how to get around these things. And, and the fact of this, Google apparently, according to at least John Mueller here, um, this is a Mueller file, by the way, uh, is, well, Google can generally algorithmically detect these and just ignore them. Um, and I guess if you had a large portion of them, that might result in a manual action. But in most cases, I guess it's ignored. If you put the nofollow in, which didn't they just tell us they're not even paying attention to that? I don't know. So but I think the last episode I was on with you, we talked about that. They're so Within freaking frustrating. Past month or two, yeah. <laughs> like, really, guys, come on. It's nofollow is just a suggestion. I yeah. think that's what Mueller had said exactly. He said it was a, a, a suggestion, yeah. Anywho, I'm fed up with all that. Um, I, I, I would say that if you want to follow the letter of the law, which there's no harm in doing and putting no follows on links from guest blog posts. That's fine. I guess. Um, just don't make it a major part of your marketing um, without understanding that there's going to be a potential downside. If Google decides to crack down, I don't expect they will. He even said they're not expecting to. Um, <laughs> I think it's just them saying, Hey, this is how you're supposed to do it. And then they're going to walk away and just expect everyone not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're creating laws that no one's going to actually issue you a ticket for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, it's like a pot on the streets here in Victoria. You're not allowed to smoke pot. But if they found people smoking, they're like, yeah, whatever. They didn't walk past them. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Just, just, we've got bigger things to worry about. And they do. Yeah. Google does too. Uh, they've got a lot of things they're trying to build in. And it, algorithmically, they're picking these things out most, they say, most of the time. So yeah. anyway. <sighs> Google, Google. Okay, well, I know we uh, only got one in break, one break in there for you guys. I hope you enjoyed the the many discussions and lots of news we had to share today. It was uh, pretty decent for the uh, the old newscast. So, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company senior SEO Scott Vanak, thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel to post. Feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 Podcast on Facebook. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which are at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening, everyone. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.